I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 200 of Video Games Hot Dog. The 220 of Video Games Hot Dog. Guys, it's a momentous occasion. Uh, I uh, the, the episode that I fucked up by doing a real half-ass clap to sync up. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe Riff will just be talking independently of <laughs> all of I'll us. Maybe I'll just be talking independently be of all of you. And it'll be not at all weird and strange. Up and maybe I'll also for some reason just be independently just talking of everybody. Even though I'm in the same room. Hippopotamus. Walla, 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 walla. Watermelon. Good, guys. Good. <laughs> this is on track to be the <laughs> finest episode yet. Uh, how's it going, fellas? Pretty, Pretty good. good. Yeah, good. I uh, I beat the crap out of myself climbing a stupid route today at the climbing gym. Yeah, it was a really complicated... It. It basically looked like you were climbing... Uh, you know how when they leave the civilized areas in Tron... Right. <laughs> and everything is everything is just a bunch of weird polygonal mountains. That was very much what this route is like. Yeah, this was they had they had done one of these before that was just a bunch of volumetric shapes that you're sort of like get climbing to get up to the top of the wall. Last time it was real easy compared to this one. Though. Yeah, this was this was like everything is angled such a way that it is just super unfriendly, and you have to like stand. You have to like balance really carefully on the edges of these like weird triangles and. Like, while you're sort of very precariously balancing on them, you have to reach up above yourself and grab onto some other triangles. And I'm still waiting for a climbing gym to, like, realize that what people really want to climb is, like, Persian castles. Oh, yeah. With, with like, j- jets of flame. Mm. Yeah, and, like, yeah, blades yeah. sliding blades. out of slots and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, like, Uncharted slash Prince of Persia yeah. climbing yeah. gym. Yeah. Just I was guys gonna, shooting arrows at you while you're doing it. <laughs> I was going to suggest they should paint all the polygon edges with blacklight paint and make it actually look like Tron, but <laughs> that'd be great too. Be like cosmic climbing. Yeah. Oh wow. That'd probably be just gross. You see a lot of blood stains that just, uh, have been mostly cleaned off. <laughs> so, What's the name of the when roller rinks like go dark and everything is UV? There's like I think of that as cosmic bowling uh, yeah, because okay. it's when bowling okay. guys do it. But okay, so you already made that joke. <laughs> there a friend of mine or sort of not friends i guess acquaintances of mine made um, enemies cli- climbing holds that uh were translucent and had leds in them Ooh. and you could address them like they were color changing leds and you could address them from a computer and they made they like attach those to one of those like uh climbing walls that's on the treadmill oh to like make a route across multiple passes yeah, exactly. It was like That's an ever, great. ever, ever changing route as you climb the thing. I like that a lot. I want one of those fun. in my room. Yeah, it was really, really neat. Where are these friends here in San Francisco? That sounds like a That's, Bay Area kind of project. Yeah. Can I live with them? Uh, I don't. I have not been in touch with them in a while. So I do they do need it. a roommate or a place to store that <laughs> treadmill climbing wall? You wouldn't need the, ropes or anything. Where we're going, we don't need ropes. <laughs> sure. I'm trying to think of. Where that we joke's would... not going to play so well tomorrow, Zach. I'm sorry. That was a joke from like the tenth episode of Video Games Hot Dog. When, oh, was uh, it? Okay. Aaron Burke from the Mini Bosses was on. Yeah. And we played that James Kachalka song. Oh wow, that's a yeah. blast from the past. I Is James Kachalka doing okay? Uh, it seems like it. His he he has like 400 Twitter followers, which is a fucking crime. That is a crime. Yeah. You know, he stopped doing American Elf, and I think he kind of fell off a lot of people's radar. I still look at his blog. He's he's working on stuff. He's still winning awards and raising his kids and stuff. Okay. 
are his kids are, is he submitting his kids for awards he's getting a war he's getting world's greatest dad mug yeah he okay. takes he, he takes his plump children to the 4-h fair and enters them into the <laughs> vermont's plumpest children category <laughs> they're not even plump i don't know why does he live like uh in the same sort of intentional way that like a jason roarer does where he like doesn't ever cut his hair or the grass outside of his house or no that's and he calls the cops when someone cuts the grass outside of his house yeah or his hair (laughs) or his hair (laughs) with a lawnmower oh yeah that right makes sense uh jason roar did not cut his hair i i was just kind of i see just (laughs) trying to extend the story without it see he should try trimming his pubes that will make him feel dominate that's true (laughs) so did okay so jenny sent me a picture from prge yeah Riff, did you that see was this? yeah it's just a t-shirt that looks for all the world like a beer oh, advertisement that says this, it's yeah. lillard time yeah she yeah, told yeah. me she sent you that too i didn't get it either well i like matthew lillard like, yeah, i think okay. the, lillard. that's the gag is that, is that, is that, that i'm thing? a fan okay. of matthew lillard okay yeah. all right uh you, but you wrote what, a song about him is that well, i didn't rihanna did I don't know that she did anything. <laughs> the, I, I like, I need that shirt, but I need it to not be a black shirt. Is the problem? You, well, oh. You're not ever going to wear a t-shirt again, right? Like you swore them off. I wear. I mean, I wear t-shirts sometimes when I'm in the bathroom. Okay, so that's a good place. <laughs> you for have a, a special shirt. t-shirt you put on when it's time to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I have a shirt I take off when it's time to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Is it a shirt that you wear covering your genitals? (laughs) It's the same one every day. You know, it's a, I get it from that, the shop that sells Mormon underwear to to non Mormons. Is that okay? I, I I was wondering that too, but like no one came to arrest me. I think it's legal. Did you guys see those uh, passive aggressive billboards from Airbnb? No. There are these bus stop advertisements that are like, suggesting things that the additional $12 million in hotel taxes that they've apparently recently been forced to pay somewhere (laughs) be used for various positive things like, hey, maybe you'll use some of this $12 million in hotel taxes to make more bike lanes or keep the libraries open later. And everybody's really angry at Airbnb on the internet about it. And I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know how to feel about any of that. Wait, so... I don't really think that Airbnb... Is the is the purpose of the billboard to like to be angry that yeah, like they didn't just... get to keep the ten, twelve million dollars instead of it going to the public good? I think that they're complain. I mean, <clears throat> so their complaint about paying taxes is similar to my sometimes complaint about paying taxes is that I wish that that money was being used on something other than a bomb. Oh well, well sure. But City taxes, though, like the, the city of San Francisco isn't. Well, they make bombs all the time. Well, I don't know that it's. In, I don't know that it's in San Francisco. <laughs> San Francisco. I, it might be. Did, yeah. did Airbnb recently start? They're going to bomb Stanford. I don't <laughs> actually know that I believe that Airbnb should pay hotel taxes because they're just going to pass it on to the users, right? Or just like the hotels, do. which is clearly what's going to. No, but I'm saying that to the users are the people who are renting out their houses. Right, the users are the well, users right, of Airbnb. They will in turn send it on to the consumer, right? Like, which it, sucks it, when makes Airbnb a shittier deal relative to a hotel, which I guess is their goal. But I don't believe that that is a good goal. Like, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think that's their. I think their goal is to get tax money. Sure, 
Yeah. Like, but it's just like, I, and I don't, it's, it seems like everybody is really eager to pile on against Uber, but not Lyft for whatever reason. And Airbnb, because they're like, oh, there's this like privileged evil empire. Like there's no equivalent, like the hi- the hippie equivalent of Airbnb, like Lyft, is there? Sure there is. Yeah. Couch surfing. Yeah. Is do you, do you pay for that? I don't, I don't know that you do. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's not like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Lyft is, is like basically the exact same company as Uber, except with a less obviously assholeish CEO. I don't know. I, I'm always being driven around on couches. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> like, a, is there a place that, is there a thing that I can do where I pull out my phone and I get like a litter uh, <laughs> born by four, wow. you know, strapping, strapping <laughs> young lads? That seems like I a mean, thing you could sell to people here. I mean, there's basically like the pedicabs in the gas lamp district of right. San yeah. Diego are that, right? That's it's what like, I was thinking about. Oh, I'm going to get like a, I'm going to get like a muscular early twenties immigrant boy to use his body to move mine to, yeah, you can, you from can get this bar to this condo. Some, like, you can get attractive that Russian dwarf too. That, that happened exactly once and it just ruined us. It, it made us disappointed in every pedicab from then on. There was that one summer where all it was was like beautiful Russian women operating the pedicabs in San Diego, and then just never again. It was always just it was just like I don't know swarthy Eastern European guys. Maybe mm-hmm. from then on, there was like a legal restriction, like the certain level of attractiveness that there can be. <laughs> that's what that's what they're, when they're checking your passport. That's what they're looking at. Is right. it was just like a regular? It was a regulation. Like no, 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 no. You guys, this is not fair to the to the rest of us. You have to hire unattractive. Eastern European guys. It's the same with cabs, right? Like right, every right. time you every time you yeah, get a lift, it? it's like a beautiful Russian woman driving it. And every time you get in a cab, it's like a mean, ugly Eastern European guy. It's because of the regulation. That makes sense. That drives with my like my perception of the world. That every job would be held by some beautiful woman if there were no regulation, but because of like affirmative action, that's just not true. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about like the music industry where like there are so mm. many incredibly talented musicians and so few like musicians who can become like Billboard Hot 100 successful. There's so few slots for them that there's just no reason to ever promote somebody who's not like incredibly attractive. attractive as well as yep. talented. Yeah, you kind of have to win multiple lotteries there to. Uh... Yeah. And that's superstar. I mean, I guess with like professional athletes, that's not exactly true, right? It probably helps. Like probably being good looking makes you a better bet for a sports team if you're equivalently talented. You'll definitely get more money. Like you'll get more like more uh, sponsorships, sponsorships and stuff. I guess also commercials. Not being a murderer or whatever helps with that too, but uh, the other sometimes doesn't even have any. I mean, the other distinction there is that, like, if if they put promotional money towards any of the other musicians, they would have been they would be the ones on the Hot 100 because the the distinction that you see there is it's is not the quality of the music, whereas professional athletes are measurably and measured, you know, not like actually have been measured to be the best in their field. Like yeah, that's I mean, kind of what that music sales are only nominally connected 
or influenced by the quality of the music, right? Like I mean, it, it is more, but it, it is matters, way more about the advertising yeah. that is put into it. I, I, I saw it's sort of like elections. <laughs> I don't remember the details, but I remember seeing a study where multiple groups were given the same, like multiple but separate, not communicating between each other groups were given the same Audiences. like set of yeah, yeah set of music to listen to and discuss amongst themselves and told it was different performers or whatever well no well they they were they were given the same information but the point of it was that um at the end of the the time period they had they all came out with completely different rankings of like what the best music Uh, was what the most popular stuff was so given left to our own devices uh there would just be like this sort of white noise of yeah of uh recommendations well so if, if, yeah i mean if you took out you just need to have beautiful if, if people because otherwise there's just no point it's <laughs> right. something to latch on to if you took out like act, active corporate promotion then there would be other kinds of promotion that would take its place like whoever gives the best concerts you know or the best back rubs or the best back rubs if it's a small audience that would work really well hmm. that doesn't scale though that's the problem well you just you would you would need to have like a Ponzi your thousand scheme. your thousand true fans, a thousand true back rub back rubbers, <laughs> right? Yeah. And just the ability to give like fifty back rubs a night. Yeah, yeah. you probably do that. Ugh, man, you know, tall people make more money. <laughs> yeah, people born in January. I heard that. Yeah, or yeah. better at hockey. I heard I heard that from <laughs> the expert scientist Malcolm Gladwell that everybody loves so much. Um. Uh, I think they're just better at everything, really. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. That's that's a joke because my birthday is in January. Oh, I see. I uh, I just finished uh reading Wolf Hall and I remembered at the very end that it's it's about like intrigue in the court of Henry VIII and it's uh the central character and it's got Thomas Cromwell. That's what you uh, remembered at the end of No, the- I remembered at the end that I have the same birthday as Henry VIII oh, because okay. he mentions yeah. in like the last like 10 pages. He was like, "Oh yeah, my birthday is soon. It's in July." Like, "Oh right. <laughs> that me and Henry VIII and Ringo Starr." You really had me hopeful for a second because like the reason I haven't well, among other reasons, like that I don't read books anymore apparently. But the reason I haven't actually read Wolf Hall is that, like, I heard it was really good, and then I picked it up, I looked at the back, and it's like, oh, it's about fucking court intrigue. It's really the, long. The, the topic that interests me least in the entire world. Yeah, I think you would really like it. But, really? But it's, it took me, like, four months to read it. Yeah. Well, the reason I was hopeful was that you had forgotten that it was about court intrigue. And so maybe it's about something else, actually. Really, it's just about, like, a really smart, charismatic, scheming dude being really smart and conniving and influential. Is sure, Thomas okay. Cromwell related to Oliver Cromwell? I don't know. They're both from a long time ago. <laughs> so probably. <laughs> yeah, I think anything from, the, anything from the 1700s is equally related to everything else from the 1700s. Yeah. Um. And it was really good. It was, it, it took me a long time to read it because it, like Catch 22, because it, like Catch 22, is sort of so dense with cleverness that if you don't immediately understand what's cool about a conversation that just happened, it's because you didn't understand it. Right. So mm. you need to read it again. You, I was going to say, you, you always go back and reread that. I often would just go, whatever, and just move on. I did start at the end. Like, one problem is that 
if you started like at the th- end, that sounds yeah, like I did. That is one problem. There are like a thousand characters in it, and mm. many of them have like a lot of names. That's that's oh. the War and Peace problem. It's just it's it's too much. Is War and Peace related to Warren Buffett? Yes. Yep. Is he related to Jimmy Buffett? No, that's not how that works. Riff. Is he related to Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> yes. Is he related to the Olsen twins? Yes, you're finally getting it. <laughs> do you guys want to? Uh, do you guys want to listen to some listeners' mails from the listeners? Sure, sure, I guess. Shit, my computer fell asleep. Uh, Jesse writes, gentlemen. In uh, regarding the matter of episode 219, speaking as an attorney, it is my legal opinion that the discussion the discussion regarding common law marriage vis-a-vis VHS tapes was amusing. It caused me to chuckle in the second degree. However, Jim misstated the requirements for common law marriage. To be valid, the parties in the common law marriage must present themselves as spouses to their community. Expect Jim to bring a VHS tape as his date to his next social event. What? So they have to lie? Wait, wait. Yeah, like... I feel like people have... I think people have to believe that you're married for your common law marriage to be real. So, like, basically, if if two people live together for 30 years in the forest and nobody hears them say that they're married, <laughs> they're not common law married. Wait, so so maybe this guy can weigh in on, like, isn't that also how, uh, how squatting works? Like, if you squat long enough and people believe that you own the house... Then you actually do legally own the house. Oh, I thought you meant like physically squatting. Like if you, <laughs> yeah, like if you squat hunk, long enough, you'll hunk, eventually be able to do it comfortably, like an Asian hunkering is what they called it in the sixties. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh good, uh, man. I hope not, because I feel like there's a lot of ways that that could ruin everyone's life. Like you just you just stay in a place long enough, and it's yours. Yeah, but it's got to be like 10 years well, and like... The, yeah, and people have to believe that it's yours, right? And, and the owner has yeah, to know about be, it and not have kicked you out, it and, I think. Yeah. Like the same way that... um Oh, yeah, you have to have changed the property. I remember reading this. You have to have like maintained it in some way, improved it. And the owner has to have like... Well, could okay, not, could you improve it by like shitting all over it and then cleaning up the shit? Does that count? I don't know. You'd have to ask the judge. Maybe. Maybe if they don't know that you it was your shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean then... <laughs> Okay, is burning it down legal? Well, yes, if they don't know you did it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then you don't get the house. Okay. Well, right, but you, but you build a new house to squat in. Okay. Or to just, practice your squat. Or you can just squat in the ashes you of the old... You can squat in the lot. Yeah. Squat in the hot lot. <laughs> Hunker in the bunker. Uh, let's see. I'm John sorry. says, not a question, but I really like the off-topic slash random stuff you guys talk about. Possibly more than the on-topic parts, since I really have time for video games. Anyway. Yeah, us too. Well, that's, you have that in common with us, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the fate of every video game podcast. What, wait, what is the fate of every video game podcast? The, the people just stop playing video games. Well, really? I haven't played any video games this week. Have you? Yeah, I yeah, played, I mean, I played so have I. two. <laughs> F says, Zach, I, mean, I, I noticed I, after last week's podcast that you're now beating Kevin in Domino Drop. What was <gasps> the secret, and can you share it? Uh, I guess the secret is that Kevin's score was not quite as high as I thought it was. Oh, yeah? I ended I think I got like 278 or something. Okay. Um, I just played until I got lucky. I'm certain that that is how I did it. Huh. Should I play a game during the show to see if I can beat yours? To see if you can beat my high score. I'm certain that you can. Tom's score is like four times both of ours. Wow. Clearly, it is possible to be good at that game in a way that I cannot comprehend. 
Um, Casey says, hello, hot dogs. I find it hard to believe that you've done a listener's mail segment every episode. Where did you get the <laughs> listener's mail on episode one? We got it from our other podcast. That's duh. true. Actually, we this this was a branch from a previous podcast, so we had a backlog. So which mode? Regular mode. Normal okay. mode. Okay. Midget Dragon says, on episode 219, Two Maker, as you said, multiple wharfs during the Star Trek talk, multiple wharf maps dropped from one treasure chest in my game, Path of Exile, for the curious. Are you a wizard, Zach? Yes. Multiple wharfs? Uh, is somebody playing music through that? I'm playing Dominic. Oh, I see. We're here. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought Riff was like suddenly in a party, like a cocktail party. Oh, yeah. It did sound like a fancy cocktail party. Domino Drop makes you feel like you're at a fancy cocktail party. All the time. Unless you turn off the goddamn sound. <laughs> uh, well, Kevin, have you been playing any video games? Uh, not until just now. Really? What are you playing? Domino Drop. Oh, what's that like? Uh, I don't know. I've got a score of 600. Oh, so I guess, were you trying to be, is, is it both the score and Oh, just the, the number of dominoes is all I cared dominoes. about, okay. I, I think. So I guess my score, my top score is 245. 245 dominoes. Yes. Oh, well, I had beaten you a while back then. Never mind. I guess you weren't ever better than me. Yeah. That that does not surprise me. Riff, have you been playing any video games? Uh, Well, I went to Portland Retro Games Expo Ooh. this past weekend. And while I was there, I played one game of the old Popeye arcade cabinet. And was completely destroyed almost immediately because I didn't understand how the game worked. I remember it being kind of confusing. It was pretty confusing. Did you learn anything? I still really have no idea how that game works. I think you're supposed to collect the letters in Olive? Did, did like, the guy behind you have a quarter up, so you had to stop? Uh, can... No, but the people I was with had uh, small children who were beginning to get antsy. After one like really well, short they, game of Popeye, they they'd been they'd been walking around for an hour or so because they arrived at the at the convention just as Jenny and I had left to go get lunch. So we didn't meet them until an hour or so later. Okay. All right. Uh, I did. A, I just googled Popeye arcade game strategy. Yes. Uh, this is a this is an article with no content in it at all. Never oh, mind. <laughs> this is good. This is uh, some train hot dog material right here. Oh, wait. No, we've got getting started. We've got one person playing a video game on the podcast. We've got a we list got of the contents. One person, one person reading <laughs> Reading a website aloud. Yeah. Uh, table of contents. Uh, no, walkthrough. Uh -huh. All right, I'm going to look at the walkthrough for uh -huh. Popeye. Good. Okay. The first stage contains the most gameplay features out of all the stages. Popeye starts on the high ledge on the left. Popeye can make use of any flight of steps. He can climb down the central ladder, but not back up, and he can warp from one side of the screen to the other via the top ledge. Olive will throw hearts that waft and float down to the water below. The hearts move in a somewhat unpredictable pattern, with some following at a faster rate than others. Picking them up at a higher level earns Popeye more points. If a heart reaches the water below, you only have a few moments to run it down and pick it up before it is lost forever, which results in the loss of one life. What so the hell get, is a ladder that you can climb down but not I up? was just wondering that, too. It's a slide. Just like... Maybe like a maybe, slider or fireman's pole. Maybe the designer like a... was just... He just discovered fire escapes... So you can, you can oh, they like okay. they fall down and then there's like they come back up so, like spring loaded or something. I don't know how it works. Well, but a fire escape that you can't reach from the ground is a ladder that you can go down but not up. Yeah, there you go. Right. Sure. Uh, do you want me to keep reading? No. 
cake bed. Riff, you're the one this this applies to. Well, you need to <laughs> but make it this applies decision. to Riff in the past. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah. Riff is still the closest thing we have to Riff in the past. You, you, need, you need to have some way to send this information back in time. Mm. Right. You need some kind of... Some kind of anyway <laughs> joke about a movie series <laughs> i drew Riff, a, I you drew are a... the worst under pressure <laughs> i know right anyone That's i have crazy. ever met <laughs> i drew a marty mcfly costume for my whooper today that's cool nice yeah wait is that now your your twitter avatar uh no, the Twitter avatar is still the uh, the Just Dracula the that was the the first the, the, the Dracula Whooper yeah yeah the <laughs> Whooper Ween that is I think that's pretty much all the oh no I did um uh I at PRGE I bought a copy of the old um, Nintendo DS game Feel the Magic X Y X X oh yeah so I played a little bit of that it's kind of is fun. that like a dating sim. Not really. It is. It's more like a mini games collection, like a WarioWare thing. Except the storyline is is of this hapless guy who's trying to win a girl's attention, uh, and does so by joining in with this uh, performance art team called the Rub Rabbits, and just generally doing crazy things. The Rub Rabbits. Yeah, that's that John Updike novel. <laughs> that was Rub Rabbit. I think that Rub. was also another DS game. They may have done a sequel or something. I was trying to construct a joke today because, like, out of somebody saying, "Have you read Updike?" And then the person replies, "What's, <laughs> What's up, Dyke?" And the first person replies, "How dare you!" But I, I couldn't really figure out how to. That's it. You did it already. Yeah, it's... I mean, but it needs to be a tweet oh, <laughs> in order oh, to right, work, yeah. right? Yeah. You need to cut it. Yeah, you have to cut it down to to a tweet, preferably a tweet with like half of the last word cut off. Is what I'm right. discovering. Yeah, is that is that your secret? Yeah, your that, secret that's sauce. What I'm discovering, is stopping that, in the middle. That's the weird yep, Twitter secret. Some, somehow it, it it makes it makes a joke a little bit funnier. It, and I, it depends I don't on the really joke. understand. Yeah, it does depend. But often it does. I made a joke today that that ended that way, and the cutoff had nothing to do with the joke. But I still feel like it wouldn't have been as funny if I'd actually finished the sentence. I saw a T-shirt. With uh, it was it was based on the uh, X Files I want to believe poster, and it had the UFO, and it had the text I want to, and the next line was "Come real bad," <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, I I mean I the, my my favorite kind of humor is the kind where I can't tell why it's funny, right? Yeah. It's just tweaking something like in my hind brain, and this thing was interesting in that like it didn't make me laugh, but it was like. I could feel it tickling that same spot that, like, uh, this is like an inch away from so a joke I would really like. I I feel I feel bad for uh, for Chris Remo who had an excellent sort of joke going on today for mm. like five minutes. <laughs> it took me he, a, it took me a while to realize what had actually happened. Yeah, right. Because it's Cause, it's, cause it's kind of deep. I didn't catch on that the that the URL was his own. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like we should let him tell this story. But yeah, I don't know that yeah. he's going to. I, yeah, uh, like, well, let's let's give him the opportunity. Okay. Um, it's just one more week. All right, I've tweeted my Updike joke 
All right. I, I cut it off mid final word riff, like you said. <laughs> so we'll see. See how many favorites it gets by the end of this episode. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. We can keep a tally. Okay. I guess that's awesome. What would be great I will it- vanity surf Twitter. The entire- this is much better than reading wiki articles about Popeye arcade game strategy. In real time, you should, you should like mark the episode so that you can like put a little ding sound anytime someone favorites your tweet. Oh, oh I got one fave. Ding. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> good all right uh what is it from you yes what uh is that is that did you play anything else riff uh no that's pretty much it no it's from, it from echo phantom okay all right I, thanks uh, echo phantom i played the sequence i played the shit out of the sequence it is it is a good game it is uh it's basically like space cam or infinifactory super oh, thanks oh, riff. right i did Ding. Play. i played that as well <laughs> Uh, it gets, it's, uh, it's just like a little sort of puzzle game where you have little verbs on a grid. And... Oh, no, I'm thinking of something else, actually. Oh, yeah? What was the one? What's the are one that 2D sequence, boy the came out with? the rhythm game? I don't know. Um, oh, are you thinking of human resources? Human resource, yeah. Mm. That one's, that one seems cool. I've not yet played it. It's, it's cool. It gets hard pretty quick. So does the sequence. The sequence is, I mean, it's, they're, they're little programming puzzles, basically. Yeah. Uh, the same as same as Kim and Infinifactory. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I just th- need John Syracuse to retweet this. That's that's what's going to really catapult just my favorite. Email him real quick and ask <laughs> yeah, him. Okay, hey, I made that Oxford CSV joke you liked nine months ago. Can you hook me up with this sweet Updike joke? <clears throat> Yeah, the sequence is good. Yeah, uh, but it's, it gets real hard real fast. Yeah, it gets real hard real fast. Yeah, that is uh, once you start like because there's things that like move. You can just move the move other the operators. ball around, but the things that move the ball around can also move things around that move the ball around. So yep. it's uh, yeah, it's, it gets very like tricky. Here is what I wanted to uh, talk to you about. As regards this game. Oh, yeah. You get, for beating levels, a certain number of, like, hint coins, basically, like yeah. Professor Layton style. Do they sell additional hint coins, or is that just terrible? I don't know. <laughs> like, is there anything you can do to get more hints, or do you just, like, oh, well, I'm really bad at this game early on, so now I'm just fucked later, because I, I can't get any hints. I do not engage in that system at all, so I don't... Huh. I don't. I had to, to solve a level. And it was the first one where you had to, like, hook a piece up to another piece. Oh. So I was like, alright, okay, I would not have thought of that. Because it was just like, I know how to do this, but the things come out twice as fast as... Right. They should, so... Yeah. It is very much like a... Like a Zachtronics game writ small. Yep. Which I think is kind of great. It's you can sort of solve a level in two minutes and be done. Jim, did you play any of the Professor Layton games? Uh, I played one of them for a couple of hours and it didn't really grab me. I I like them. I feel like the puzzles are not all that great, but the like narrative structure around it is yeah. I, I feel like enough. I would have liked it a lot more if the puzzles felt more integrated into the game world. Yes, yeah. I think I would yeah. agree with that. They're, they're just, they're just so often not. And I feel like that's maybe a theme of a lot of puzzle games is that they don't take the time to make the puzzles sort of part of the structure of the game. Right. 
It's not easy to do, right? I mean, sure. Mist does it. Yeah, those huge well, set piece puzzles. Like if you go and look at um in the in the GDC vault, you can see uh, the um classic postmortem for Mist. Hmm. And one of the things they talk about is how they didn't make any puzzles. They just made they designed spaces and designed the way that the spaces would have worked at the time and then broke them. Oh, huh. So the puzzles all came out of like this is actually how it would have worked except it's the machine is now like rusted and won't this this part doesn't work. Okay. And so it, it that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, Just design it, a system and then yeah. invert something and then yeah. see what it takes to resolve it. Which is so different from, like, I remember playing Mist 20 years ago and not getting it at all. And, like, like the one puzzle I solved was, like, finding a number somewhere and finding somewhere else to plug it in in the hub world. And, like, this is this, my reaction to that was that this is, like, a this is a game that I don't want to play. You know, this is dumb. And it was only, like... After I played Fez, that I decided I wanted to try Mist again. Huh. And I played. Um, did you beat Fez? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you like? At what point did you like translate the language? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that. It was um, I don't know, probably halfway through the whole thing. Okay. I was playing with my sister. We we spent a weekend. Oh, and nice. I think when he went 100 percent of that game. And it took longer to like to get the clock puzzle because of just timing. But mm, okay. yeah. um, ding, nice. Because <laughs> uh, like I I started playing it and like just took some like retweet you maybe that sh- uh, some like <laughs> I don't have my phone with me or I'd retweet it too of the code. Uh, and then like when I stopped playing for the first night, I like went to went to bed and then just sort of sat and stared at it. Until oh yeah, I, until I figured out what was going on. I was a little disappointed that it was just a cipher. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've become no disenchanted with ciphers. Would ever have gotten it if it had been anything yeah. more than that, right? Like it was at least an it was it was a cipher that they'd. It was like set up interestingly within the the game world. The cipher cipher that that you could you you could engrave all of the glyphs onto the sides of a cube and still yeah, have it. work. and it, it did interesting things with that, so I don't yeah. begrudge it that. But like. I I have actually seen in video games like sensical foreign languages that the player learns. Mm. Actually, I can only think of one example off the top of my head, but um, it it is possible to do. Is that like in the edifice or in the edifice? Yes, okay. that's, that's what that's, I'm thinking okay. of. You sort of learn it in the Gostak, right? Yeah, sort yeah. of. But Although, how much of that is like just substitutes for? English. Well, I mean, really, any language is just that, right? French isn't. Yeah, it is. Okay. I mean, well, it was a different. It was a different. What? It's not like fundamentally structurally different, different, right? Like, it's. There are there are parts of it that are. Like they're not important, I guess, for communication, but they are. There's definitely ways in which French differs from English. And I mean, so I, I guess if if what I need to concede is that French is more different from English than the language of the Gostak is from English, then yes, because right. the language from the Gostak uses all the same prepositions and everything. Yeah. But like, it wouldn't have to. Sure. And it could make subtle changes in structure. Like, I don't know. 
how did we get to talking about Fez? Uh, Mist, I talked about Mist. Puzzles. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't remember how we got I don't Mist. know that I believe that that was actually the way that Mist Layton. was designed, because there's a lot of shit that is not how anyone would ever build anything. Well. Maybe I'm misremembering the postmortem, but I just I remember them like talking about how they were approached it from a maybe in later games. This, like, well, this was definitely about the first game, really. Yeah, because I mean, the first game it was like, oh, you're on, you're in a railway car on a grid of rails, and we didn't put really any windows in it to speak of, and to get where you need to go, you just have to know which sound corresponds with north and which sound corresponds with east. I'd, and south and west. I mean, I guess if it was I didn't a railroad play that part, I guess if it was a goofy railroad maze for the death, then <laughs> like yes, that is a machine that someone would design. But it, it, like once you get to that point, why is it a maze? Like seems like it would have been kinder. Well, cave-ins, right? Although, in fact, the it it was pretty definitely not cave-ins because the, <laughs> the the rails had definite stops at the ends of them, so that's not a. Yeah, and you couldn't get out. Like, it's like there was only one. Although, that I guess you could just say, oh, well, the sensor that let the doors open at this station didn't work. Yeah. Like, man, think of all the cool stuff we didn't see. Hmm. That's the mark of a real good. (laughs) (laughs) The witnesses' puzzles seem to be just like in the world, but just on like displays in the world that's something that like is, is that's the thing that worries me most about the witness is that that's that that seems like really a a way of punting on on making like integrating puzzles into a world um but yeah a, but the trailer also hinted at like um cases where like you would actually be moving through the physical space in a similar way that you would move through the mazes right it also had like half a buddha Sticking out of the water that reflected in the water so you'd see the other half of the Buddha. So that was pretty cool. That's like a puzzle, too. It was like made of rocks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think The Witness is going to be good. It's got a release date now. I forget what it is. It's like February 20th or something, right? Yeah. It's. I know it's not the Firewatch release date. <laughs> Isn't it's, it in January? It's. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay, maybe it is. It's like couple weeks before firewatch so good we'll have time to finish it before we play firewatch i found out my Dude, pc yes. definitely won't run fallout 4 oh, oh. <laughs> we gotta I, start a patreon yeah to just, just buy just to me a, a pc <laughs> yeah. that would be the first thing we would buy with the patreon the, you know gaming pcs are not that expensive anymore i was wondering about like if I could, as a game developer, convince laptop manufacturers to tend me, send me stuff to compatibility test with. I think as Frog Fractions guy, you might be able to pull that off, maybe. Yeah. It would depend on if you had fans in a given place. Yeah. Do they ever actually give PCs, or do they just, like, long-term loan? I think it would be the... Well, it would be the latter, but also, like, it might be long-term enough that eventually they don't give a shit. Yeah, I feel like we have at least one piece of hardware that was a loan for yeah. development purposes that we just never were asked for. Oh, that Android tablet? Yeah. Yeah. Too bad it's an Android tablet. Yeah. <laughs> you could run the latest version of Alpha Bear on that. Mm. We could get updates faster and less securely than That's on right. iOS. <laughs> yeah. I've been I played at um 
Actually, I should talk about IGG. Yeah, you should. I should have talked about it last week. Um, uh, Indie Games for Good is a game streaming marathon that happens every year that I am peripherally involved with. Um, it's uh, ding ding, two two at the same time. Nice. But you got some retweets there too. Uh, one retweet from Riff. Okay, <laughs> it's still just Riff. <laughs> Kit, are you counting if people? Uh, Fave it, unfave it, and then refave it. Oh no, uh, I don't know how to tell that. So no, sorry, I'm just interrupting Jim's story. <laughs> uh, it's a for charity thing. It used to be just child's play. Now it's a, a number of charities that you can choose from. And I say this like you could have, you can be a part of it now, even though it was last weekend. Uh, but uh, on the stream, I played uh, "Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes," which oh, nice. I I had been wanting to play for a while. It, it is really cool. One one thing that I hadn't realized. Well, first of all, I hadn't realized you can play it without an Oculus. So like that's a failure of marketing on their part. Um, uh, but also, um, and this isn't implemented yet. But apparently, like they are going to be the 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 premise of the game is that uh, one player is defusing a bomb and they are sitting at a computer and clicking on the bomb with a mouse. Um, and the other player or players are um, looking at a bomb defusal manual, which you go, I think you go to bombmanual.com to get it. Um, and a- apparently they're going to be, <laughs> there you go, there it is. Let's hope nobody actually like needs to oh, defuse right. a bomb and goes. <laughs> <laughs> this should go to bombdefusal.info. Yeah, that's, that's well, if they the, would just listen to Airbnb about how to spend my tax money. <laughs> right. Then nobody would need to. Uh, they're, they're apparently working on a system to, to um, generate new manuals. Oh, like a procedurally generated manual. Yeah. Like, or, or may, maybe just like do tweaks to it. To, like keep the same basic structure, but, uh, tweak it in such a way that like you can't memorize the manual. Uh, you have to Put keep looking things in up. Different orders That'd stuff. be kind of great, actually, because you could if you could just do it on an iPad instead of uh, a hard document. It could every game could have a different seed, and so the yeah. game and the manual just yeah. sync up that way. Yeah, and then the manual is just a totally different document each time. I think for the overwhelming majority of people who are gonna play this game. It doesn't matter. It might as well be different every time because you're right. never going to encounter the same thing twice. That depends how long you play. Well, sure. But I mean, I like the first time, like we, we played it and it was just a, a clusterfuck of like not knowing anything about it. And like right. the second time was I had much more information. I actually wasn't playing the second time around, but we had much more information about how how the bomb was structured, how to look up information in the manual. Right. Um, you definitely get a literacy with it pretty quick. Yeah. But the the difficulty ramps up in the game pretty fast as well. So it's yep. you, you like add a couple modules and the time limit becomes a real like thing to worry about very quickly. Yeah. One of the things I liked was that in the <clears> back <throat> in the appendices there's like here's how to identify different types of batteries. And they oh, just had huh. little pictures mm-hmm. of different, of like, here's a, and it, they all, all they had was like double A and D. So like, that wasn't particularly interesting, but they really could have just. It gives you the, it gives you the like possibility space. Yeah. You, yeah. You but they could have had like all the little, uh, nickel Watch cadmium cell. Yeah. Yeah. And they had another ind- appendix, which was, um, 
here's how to identify like uh, a bunch of different ports. Like here's a PS PS2 port. Here's a, um, <laughs> here's a MIDI port. Um, and there was like a dozen of those. Hmm. And that's an interesting shortcut because like if, if the person defusing the bomb is already familiar with what different ports look like, you don't have to describe each of the ports to them. Right. Like, oh, there's a cluster of pins here from this degree to this degree, you know. Um, oh, wow, right. Yeah. And they could even go deeper with that if they did something like how to identify different resistors by their, the their, bands. their bands. Yeah. That is the worst system in the world. The resistor identification system? Yes. What, why do you say that? Print a goddamn fucking number on the <laughs> fucking resistor. Uh, well, this it way you can look at the ink. resistor from any angle. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know the system enough to know if it makes sense or not. You can't tell what color anything is when you look at it. That's another problem. <laughs> I believe you. I mean, the red and the brown are basically the exact same color to me on resistors. So it's just different shades of red that they. Yeah. That's the old, that's cheapest ink was all red. <laughs> it just seems that whole thing seems like it seems like the people who make resistors have a lot in common with the people who make Linux. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Oh man. It's explained so much about Git when I found out it was designed by Linus Torvalds. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh, it was okay. one of his projects. You know what happened to me today? I couldn't get the latest uh, changes to the video game project that we're working on because uh-huh. of some irrelevant bullshit that I didn't know what it was that was going to be overwritten on my end that I didn't care about and that I repeatedly told it I didn't care about Wait, it. Git? Yeah. Yeah. It didn't matter. It yeah. didn't care. You still haven't resolved that as an issue. I, it happens every once in a while where something, some aspect of Unity will start to make changes to some local config files. All I want out of Git is a single button that is goddamn fucking pull all the goddamn fucking changes and overwrite whatever. There is nothing here that I care about. Just give me my goddamn software. You could get your programmer to probably write you a batch file to do that. Yeah. I thought you had a, I thought you had a, a well, there's a series of commands that will do it. None of which are words that mean anything like, like what Git I just reset said. reset master or some shit. Yeah. It, it's, it's mystifying. Yeah. There's, there's Git. Ah, oh, fuck. I don't remember. It doesn't, they're words that don't mean anything <laughs> like what it's doing. I found out recently there is a, a Git command, which means iterate over every commit to the repository and execute this shell command on it. Whoa. Like, just it, apparently it's just for, like, removing the evidence from your, <laughs> from your distro in case of a federal investigation. Yeah. Like, th- that is so different. And uh, obviously, like, it's distributed. So, I guess I should have expected that means people are going to just change it willy-nilly. But that's just so different from the workflow I'm accustomed to in SVN, where it is literally impossible to, unless you're, like, deleting files on the server. Like, you can't use the SVN interface to destroy information. Hmm. You can only add information. Okay, so what, yeah, what, what I want always is git fetch dash dash all, git reset dash dash hard, origin slash master. Yeah, uh-huh. So I guess I just it, need to write a shell script yeah. on, well, 
a shell script on my Mac and a batch file on my Windows machine to do those two commands. Git is one of those systems where you need to understand all of it to understand any of it. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure Zach Barth teaches us that source control is awesome, I guess, and is necessary. Uh, it's super cool though when you just want to do your job and you can't because of your tools and you're such a poor craftsman. <laughs> I'm using SVN. Does, it's uh, pretty good. does Git stand for Git is Torvalds? <laughs> I don't know if it stands for, for anything. Git, Git is, is terrible. Torment. Git is fucking <laughs> terrible. This is Linus's gift to you. <laughs> you know, the B in Benoit B. Mandelbro stands for Benoit B. Mandelbro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've also been playing um, Never Ending Nightmares, yeah. ah. which is... I like it a lot. I, I don't know how far I am. I just got to the incest nightmare. Um, Wait, is there an incest nightmare? Well, you wake up next to your sister. I don't think that's incest. What? Uh, but the guy is like, why am I in bed with my sister? He says that in like the... He, he says that aloud to the camera, basically. Um, oh, maybe it's not an incest nightmare. I had just started that part. <laughs> what, what I like... One of the things maybe I like about... You brought some of that with you, Jim. Yeah, man, well... <laughs> I'll talk to you about that later. Um, one of the things I like about this game is how mystifying it is structurally. Like, I was actually really disappointed when I went from the menu into... Uh, I, I noticed there was a chapter select button. And I looked in that and I suddenly realized, oh, this oh. game is broken up into chapters. Right. Because there is almost... No difference between waking up because you quote unquote died in the dream and waking up because you found the end of the current sequence. Like, yeah. Like I really liked just that, that stuff being really muddy, like in a nightmare, you know? Right. It requires though a trust in them that they're going to make it go somewhere. I, well, if it, if it really was just like, if you could have that exact same experience in your first fumblings through just a fucked up maze. Sure. And if you never got out of the maze, that would be a terrible experience. Yeah. Well, and, and, but you, you expressed the, the thought that maybe the game doesn't actually end, you know, given the title never ending nightmares. And I wondered, yeah, I, I, I was definitely just taking it in. Like I, I started playing it. I probably played it for like two hours. Okay. Um, on my phone, it's which not is much longer than that. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you, did you ever make it to like a, an asylum? Yeah, I just got past that. Okay. So I think you're very, very close to being done. Oh, okay. Well, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I started it like I'll walk through this world and it just kept showing me interesting things. And like my, my strategy with this game is that I will keep playing it as long as it keeps showing me interesting things. You didn't find the asylum repetitive. It was a little repetitive yeah okay that was that was where things started kind of falling apart for me but it yeah i mean i i feel like that it was harder than it needed to be to be interesting right um and and was yeah i mean the, the whole thing is repetitive sure like and but like a nightmare is kind of and and it's also just re repetition without difficulty is just pacing which it which can be you know well tuned or poorly tuned um, and I, yeah, I, you know, now that, now that you mentioned it, I do think the asylum was kind of poorly tuned in that respect. 
in my memory it was okay but who knows you know yeah i was also pretty charitable going in because that guy seems really nice and we saw him do a talk and i felt sorry for him uh-huh. yeah um the- we were looking at that we were looking at never ending nightmare Oh, right. When we, were, when we were trying to figure out, like, all right, so we want to do, like, we're making a game that is, like, hand-drawn stuff in a 3D space. And so we were just sort of looking, like, how did he handle things that weren't facing the camera oh, yeah. exactly? And it's like, oh, they just looked like fucking garbage, <laughs> and yeah. we never noticed. So yeah. I bet we can get away with that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's a good trick. Like, if you watch a door opening in that game, it is like, whoa, that just turned from, like, a neat stylized thing to some real gross-looking bullshit. Yeah, if playtesters start noticing in your game, you just need to add, like, little lines over everything to... To make it darker. Or every time you see a wall, you actually something like something. Yeah, something else flashes elsewhere on the screen to just distract <laughs> you, or it, yeah, or just like makes a weird noise. Yeah, yeah. I really like how the game looks. I think it's really well. The animations are kind of bad, but that is maybe not. That's, that's not terrible. No, I mean that's it's, a style it's fine. choice. I think the uh, weird baby monster. I remember being pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. All uh, the weird close-ups of veins being torn open and stuff. Uh-huh. Pretty uh-huh. good. I really like the uh, the way respawning after a death feels. Like, I, I hate even using that phrase to describe it. Like, But it is like you are dying, effectively dying in the game and starting from a checkpoint. Mm. But it, it, it feels like that's just waking up from a recursive dream repeatedly. It's really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm going to keep playing it. I if if I am in fact close to the end, I'll probably talk about it next time. Did you ever have a dream where you had a dream, you woke up from a dream in a dream? Oh, yeah. It, man, I went through a loop of that like six or eight times once and it sucked. Uh, it was like when I was in high school and I I like woke up in the morning and dragged myself out of bed and got dressed and brushed my teeth and went down the stairs and woke up again and had to do it again like <laughs> Five or six times, Just it was draining awful. your draining yeah. your energy. By the time the I was begins. actually awake, I was oh my god! Well, you mean by the time you got into the really long dream? Yeah, yeah, the, right the now, one yeah. that I'm that I have not yet woken up from. Yeah, yeah. Oh god, wouldn't that be fucking great? If like wake son, up in high school, like if you just woke up and you were, it was a, this whole thing was a dream you had in high school, and you did, then you're just there with everything you know now. Well, okay, yeah, <laughs> if you can remember it, yeah, except it's all just fake, yeah. crazy bullshit because this version of the world is just your bullshit high school dream world. <laughs> oh man. Oh no! Turns out I am really not looking actually, forward to waking up, guys. You can't actually make a living making video games. Yeah, what was I thinking? <laughs> I guess I'll go back to the coal mine. Uh, you really are living a protagonist's life, Zach. Yeah, well, it's pretty good. What else you play? Um, I I started pl- so so I've been doing this thing where I've been recording my Dark Souls sessions, and I haven't played it in like a month because I've just not been up for like the extra stress of recording. Uh, so I finally just like I I want to fucking play this game more than I want to record it. So I just had this session a couple of days ago where I made a whole bunch of great progress that in retrospect would have been amazing to get on tape, but sorry guys, you don't get to see it. <laughs> you just do it again. Be sure to have it be exactly as dramatic as it was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I could, uh, could probably, 
I could probably edit my save so that Seath is still alive. What would have been amazing? Uh, just it was just I I I killed like four bosses in two hours, mm. um, including some like some stuff that felt really like I I was in a bad shape because I was still figuring out the the zone I was in, and I stumbled on a boss fight with like no resources left and still pulled still through, which is like yeah, that feels good. Nice. It could be that that Sif is just a really easy boss. Uh, the, the, then that's a really, Sif he's, is interesting. He's an easy boss if you spot what you need to do quickly. I okay. Feel like, yeah. Well, what I di- needed to do was like Stand block him and him. get yeah. in close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, that's, that's like what you do with most bosses in that game. Yeah. Um, but that's a really striking image. If you guys haven't yeah. seen like, what seen pictures or videos of Sif, he's like a gigantic wolf holding a sword in his mouth and he fights you with the sword. How like how is he holding the hilt of yes. the sword? Yeah. Wow. Really like bordering on comic. Like mm. really like a lot actually a lot of that game, like the monsters are like the design is such that it you're almost laughing at it. Huh. Because it's it's just so Willing to be crazy and dumb, yeah. I'm. I, I've been pretty impressed by that. He gets some some good pathos near the end of that fight. Because once you've got him down to like a third or a quarter health, he starts limping a lot more and stuff. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that because I was like limping pretty badly myself <laughs> at that point. <laughs> uh but I, yeah, I noticed it later on when I was reading about it and saw some videos. After you defeat a boss, do you pause the game and then read about the boss? Or was that something where you stopped your play session and then went back and... I I have been, like, I at this point, one of the reasons I want to finish Dark Souls is that so that I can really do a deep dive on the lore. Like, I've been holding myself back from reading anything really spoilery, but mm. I, I want to know about this world. Definitely check out check out Bonfireside Chat then oh, i have been that's yeah. that's uh something i've been like i've been listening to each episode as i finish the area that yeah, that, nice. that uh yeah yeah that's really good stuff that's uh really enjoyable and zach was on one of those episodes yep i'm on one for uh dark souls 2 oh cool yeah uh i will probably play that someday too you should go on one of those shows you should play one of those video games to the point where you could talk about it on a show with them oh man I, i'm gonna have a hard time catching up eh. you could wait for another souls game to come out i don't think i'm gonna have a ps4 in time to play dark souls 3 oh, Is- I, I i thought you were gonna make some sort of like Haley's comet reference you're like oh, there's no way i'm gonna survive until the next <laughs> yeah. instance of dark souls That's right. you're born when the first one came out and died when the third one came out just like mark twain <laughs> yeah i have been actually really bummed out about never being able to participate in the discovery process for those games mm. like i knew about i had read about what dark souls was like um, before Dark Souls 2 came out, but I was like, I want to play Dark Souls 1 first. And that was like back when I was like, I've been playing that game on and off since 2011, you know, and, and, and like 
playing for like a month and then rage quitting and then like waiting a couple of years and then playing for another month and then quitting for less ragey reasons. Um, and Dark Souls 2 came out and I was like, well, I can't play it yet because I have to play the first one. It's the same deal with Bloodborne. Like I, I'm never going to catch up. Um, I feel like I'm never going to get a chance to participate in, uh, in these, these, communities that are discovering these games for the first time and you'll never know what the next one like this is going to be because you won't find out about it until that process is already over right any other games like that yeah yeah. that's okay this is the whole thing where like past a certain age you're just not cool anymore oh that's certainly true for me yeah i realize that a lot of what i have been playing for the last like three weeks and not talking about it is there is this computer version of race for the galaxy that is just like Hmm. completely unlicensed. It has a real Linuxy UI (laughs) to it. Uh, It's free. I don't understand how it is allowed to exist. Multiplayer or single player. It's just single player. I don't think you can do online play. There's just AI that you're playing against, but it allows you to play. Like, if you just wanted to play, like, a hundred games of Race for the Galaxy in a couple hours, like, you can do that. Um, Race for the Galaxy is a sort of a complicated card game. If you didn't already know how to play it, this is not going to help you. (laughs) Uh, Because it's real, real confusing. And I would say that I win one out of every 20 games that I play. Because even a nominal Race for the Galaxy AI is going to beat me. But uh, it is interesting to me to be able to just play board games. Like we talked about this a little bit when we did uh, Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. as the assignment. The ability to play a hundred games of Ticket to Ride in a row. Because you have to, not have to reset anything. Yeah, because you don't have to remove pieces around. Like it's just you just do it real, real fast. Right. And uh, playing against AIs that don't take any time on their turns. Yeah, makes it a really different experience. And it's... I like playing Race for the Galaxy against people. <laughs> and I'm not going to stop doing that. Like, I would not play Ticket to Ride with people now. But mm-hmm. I think it is because the majority of my experience with Ticket to Ride is, is with the phone version. Same with... Uh, although, no. I would play San Juan... I think if somebody had a deck of San Juan cards and was like, hey, Zach, do you want to play San Juan? Like, sure. Even though after I had my tonsils out, I played like a thousand games of San Juan on my phone. For me, the defining experience playing Ticket to Ride is like waiting for your turn, like as as people go around the board and having a, a move planned out in advance that at mm-hmm. the last second becomes nonsensical or impossible by the person playing right before you. And then having to scramble to figure out what the hell you're going to do. Yeah, and everybody being annoyed that you're taking extra long. That's uh, that's that that's my, that's it, ticket to ride in a nutshell for me. Yeah, I, it would be very different if I was the only one who was ever thinking about a move, and no one got annoyed if I was if I took too long. That would be weird. Tosh Kalar had a lot of that, where you'd sort of have a plan, and then by the time your turn came around, it just there's no way that your plan could survive. Right. It was characterized by that in my experience, like, yeah, to the extent that, like, say, Flux is, and that's why Flux is a very bad game, <laughs> because by the time it's your turn again, 
you're not even going to be playing the same, the same game. game. It's not really as bad as Flux. Flux is really bad, though. It's not bad as like, I don't know. It, yeah. Flux, I, Flux is kind of in the like apples to apples, cards against humanity yeah, sort of thing, or it, even like Dixit it's, it's to bad, some extent. Like, it's like super simple and it's, it's not just a pastime. It's not like a game. It's, it's certainly yeah, it's not a thing competitive. you do while drinking beer and chatting, you know? Yeah. Flux is a, a, a machine that produces ridiculous situations, kind of. And have you played, um, we didn't play test this at all. No, it's it's basically the same. It's that sort of thing as flux, but like amped up and even more ridiculous situations that it can produce. I was really impressed by it. They they, they clearly play tested it. That title is a lie. <laughs> I played some like uh, I played some of the sequence. I played some a couple of different like weird iOS free-to-play games. Uh, one called Soda Dungeon, which is just okay. sort of this pixel art dungeon crawl where the dungeon crawls happen kind of on their own, and they take way too long. So, what, where does soda, what does Soda have to do with it? Uh, you recruit adventurers by stocking your tavern with different kinds of soda, and different character classes need different kinds of soda to unlock. I wonder um, if this is like a root beer tapper thing where there's like a there's a licensed rated Budweiser M for, version. <laughs> there's a rated M for mature like version of this game that's about stocking ales um, and meads. And then this game called Shop Heroes, which is just uh I feel like I found out about this because like Zubon from Kill Ten Rats was playing it. And it's just it's just this iOS game that's sort of like you're running an enchanted weapon shop and it's just okay. got it's like not good. It's just it's not exactly diner dashy, I don't think, because it's not that much of a like timing thing, but it's just you know, it's just a game with a bunch of fucking clocks and you can pay money to make the clocks go faster. Like at the end of the day, like that's what it is, and it's like eh. Also, for the last, like, month or so, I have been periodically checking back in with this incremental game on Congregate called Realm Grinder, which <laughs> okay. is an incremental game with, like, months worth of unlocks in it. It, it's got, like, it's got a thing where it just, like, continues to tick up when you're not logged in, which just means you can just ignore it for a while and then come back to it, but... You, like, pick a faction when you play, and there's six different factions, and there's benefits to, like, resetting and playing through as different factions, and you see different power-ups, and, you know, it's all just <clears throat> get more shit when you click, or get more shit when you don't click, but it is such a labyrinth of hidden... Interactions. Like, yeah, things that you can unlock by doing different things that it's, like, it has... I bookmarked it and I just go back to it a few times a day and see what's going on and see if there's any, there's like a, and I started looking at the wiki about different ways to unlock things and it's not good. It's not a good use of my time. It's just like another thing that you can do instead of working. Sure. And if you're bored with playing a dozen games of Hearthstone or Race for the Galaxy, I really need to get a job. <laughs> do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. sure. Wasteland 2. 
Wasteland 2 Director's Cut. What do you guys think? It's it's pretty good. I'm I'm enjoying it. I've got as far as what it will like the second set piece where you're in the the laboratory where all the plants have gone crazy. Is that is that the ch- the direction you chose? Is it possible to go another direction? You can go to High Pool. Yeah, you get two. I couldn't figure out how to get to High Pool because of all the radiation. Oh, you in, can go through the radiation. Just walk through it. Yeah. yeah. You just take some damage. Um, <clears throat> I did on my first playthrough. I went to High Pool instead of Ag Center. This is a choice that you're forced to make in the beginning. And I get have if none of you have like finished that part, Mm-mm. you don't want to spoil it for us. Well, I mean, I think I already did for you. It's basically the first one you go to is a town with some quests and stuff in it. And then the second one becomes a dungeon because you can only save one of them. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Um, Which is cool. And it, and it has made for me, I mean, I'm like five or six hours into my second playthrough and I went to ag center instead of high pool, which is what I did the first time. It's interesting that if they were going to do that, that they made one of them so much easier to get to then. Because it seems like, or at least it seemed to me, it seemed like you just couldn't get to the other one. I mm. went to High Pool without even realizing there was radiation there. Huh. I just like clicked on High Pool and walked to it, and it took a bunch of. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to die from this radiation, but then it didn't. So, are you moving manually on the world map, Riff? Yeah. Okay. You can also just like you can just click on a destination the on the map and tell I it mean, to go there. Yeah, I tried that, but <clears throat> it just drew a straight line through some radiation. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> mm. So you're just you just have a predisposition to uh, fear radiation. Well, yes, it's pretty logical. Seems, yeah, it to, seems reasonable. You don't want it to turn one of your characters into that cool recliner from your Gamma World campaign. <laughs> How can you pass this information on to future generations, say ten thousand years from now, so that they also have just sort of an innate fear of radiation? This is <laughs> this is a like serious problem. Giant black spikes. Well, I like this game so so much more than I like. Pillars of Eternity or Divinity Original Sin or any of the games that are like seem to really hit with people more. It definitely is much more straightforward and easy to wrap your head around than Divinity. I feel feel like Pillars of Eternity was a little easier for me to get into. And I don't know if it's just the number of systems. Like it was pretty overwhelming to look at the character sheets because there's like all the new equipment, all the character slots, all the skills that you don't have yet. And I do feel like the improved UI for the character sheets and the skills make it more overwhelming than it was before. Oh yeah. Largely the UI and the director's cut is way better than the UI to begin with. But I don't remember being nearly as like, overwhelmed by the number of skills that there were when they were just all on one page that you kind of scrolled through. I gave up on creating characters and just like went with prefabs. Yeah, and you just totally can. Like it's not it's not important to min-max it. I I sort of read a guide like I read what should I know before playing Wasteland 2? Like what should I know having spent 30 hours playing Wasteland 2? <laughs> and I just went with pre-made characters and just took all of the points out of all of their charisma and luck and dump them into intelligence. <laughs> and why is that? Because intelligence determines the number of skill points that you get per level. Oh, wow. So 
that it, well a number of things determine that but intel like pumping your intelligence up to like eight or ten is the best way to get it high to begin with i see and charisma is basically irrelevant and oh no basically irrelevant <laughs> yeah almost all my characters have like high charisma <laughs> i I, de- I did one character that's like all charisma yeah well the only thing that ever matters is the total charisma of your entire party, and that is, like, some NPCs won't join you as playable characters if you don't have a total charisma above a certain threshold. But So yours is, like, four. Yeah, none of them are important. Well, I mean, I don't know. Some of the NPCs have charisma. Oh, right. Like, some points. So you there. need to get one with high charisma that doesn't care about your charisma. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah. This game started out on really the wrong foot with me, like... With all the video. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even see the video. Oh, yeah. Like, I, maybe I just skipped it without realizing it. Um, There's but, a long sequence at the beginning that's just, like, shots that I couldn't tell if they did themselves or they took from existing footage. Oh, from, footage. like, some weird fan huh. it was, it was movie. Strange. It looked I, like a lot of really not super professional. Like, it, it was the quality of, like, a good Fallout fan movie. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, it's for me, my, my, my opening experience with this was like, you're in a conversation with, uh, with Vargas. general Vargas, your yeah. superior officer. And I, I, I had no idea this game was about being in the military. I mean, you're like, in the, like the well, Rangers, which is like the police force. It maybe, um, I, I had come from this, from the fallout series where in fallout, like thematically the, and this is like huge for me, you are a person Wandering the Wasteland, even in the first one, even in Fallout 1, and you Which are... Which is like the sequel to Wasteland, sort yeah, of. Yeah, sort of. And you are, you know, you are on a quest, but you're, you're like, it's a quest that you have, you're, you're, it's established there's a pretty good reason for you to want to do this. Like, you're getting a water chip in the first game to save your village, or whatever it is. Um, and in Wasteland, apparently you are like a military squad, and you're just... The, 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 the way the game tells you what to do is actually having a guy just giving you orders. Right. And I did not care about what I was being sent to do. And I didn't like the guy. Like the, the first thing that I noticed was that this guy sounds like, uh, like the Team America World Police cast where he's got like this gritty, like his sort of Southern accent that really like the, 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 like drill sergeant voice that really grates on me. And then I tried to go to the graphics options to change like the the quality settings to fix the frame rate. And he yelled at me for, for trying to leave the conversation, (laughs) which is like, I I guess he's really self-conscious about how blurry he is or something. (laughs) And then like this guy just won't, leave me alone for the rest of the game. Like I was kind of half hoping that he would like retire or die, but then it, I had to like radio him for permission to level up. Yep. So he's like, okay, he's as, has, he's very important. He's apparently as integrated into the game as the HUD is. And like it, it really sucks that this is my impression of this game. Like, (laughs) Is that I I just hate this one character and that is like that yeah, is what I, I took away from my spending two hours with like this I game. Like I feel like it has 
what this has revealed is that you hate the thing from genre fiction that is calculated to be the most likable. <laughs> what? Like, really? Well, just like... Southern authority figure? Yeah, like... Okay, yeah. yeah. just grizzled, like, experienced, like, kind but firm. Uh-huh. Like, huh. I mean, maybe that... All right. Not to get serious, but did you grow up without a dad? I had a dad. Huh. Was he, like, a jerk? (laughs) No. Huh. He wasn't grizzled or southern. I feel like this... I feel like Vargas is just, like, every dad. Oh, man. (sighs) Like, just that fictional trope. That's really interesting. Like, like my, my point of reference for this sort of character is literally Team America World Police. Huh. It, it felt like a caricature of... It didn't feel like a drill sergeant to me at all. That's interesting. Like, because he's nice. He's not... Like, he doesn't ever say anything mean about you and, like... No, no, he's just... Like, all of his like, motivations are helping people. Sure. Like, and, like, all, of, and all of your motivate Like, you describing it as military is, like, super weird because you're not the military. You are the cops. Like, and... Well, he's General Vargas. Sure, but like, it, but it's like and there, there cops are don't ranks, go around but, like, but it's squads, right? Like, but I mean, this is like, but this is like the Texas Rangers, which were cops, not okay, okay. military, right? Like the the cavalry was busy fighting the Civil War, while the Rangers were like stopping people from murdering each other and stealing each other's horses, right? Like it's, and yeah, it's weird. Like it, I guess if you're coming at it from the perspective of like. I mean, it's not to say that you come at the world from the perspective of the cops are bad guys, but we definitely have not had a bunch of arguments about cops because I'm not (laughs) interested in having a bunch of arguments about cops with you. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like, like your retweet history maybe indicates why you don't relate so much to the role that you're being placed in in this game. I, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Huh. And I also just like, just, I just want to go fucking explore the wasteland. And like, isn't I actually that, do get the Im- option though. Can't you I actually do get the impression that like I could ignore what this guy is asking me to do and just go out into the world. You know, I think um, weirdly you can't. Oh, like, oh, really? It even says if you just want to go exploring. Well, it feel it still feels very story gated. I guess you can just unlock locations by just moving around the map but i think a lot of the there's a lot of radiation gates that are check they're they're checkpointed by plot events you don't get a set of radiation suits or whatever yeah and and there's and there's like several stages of that and also like there's a whole second map oh wow like later yeah the the arizona is only the first act of the game Hmm. um yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't ever try to just not do the story stuff because it was like, well, it just opens a place on the map and like I don't remember from my first playthrough really which things felt optional and which things didn't. I was talking to a friend of mine about this this character that I hate and he was saying if you really want him to shut up, you can set off the nuke in the museum of the uh of their of his camp. Hmm. So hmm. You have to, you have That's to an option. get access to the museum first, though. Do you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually try it. Well, you have to do, like, one mission before you can get in there. I didn't... Uh, do you need to, like, really min-max skills to 
be able to do that? I don't know. Does that just yeah, kill all of the trust giving NPCs if you do it? I mean, that sounds awesome. Yeah, there's an achievement for get. There is an achievement for getting Vargas to send the other Ranger Squad, like the the Internal Affairs Ranger Squad, after you. <laughs> so, like, that's clearly a thing you can do. I assumed you would do it by going out into the world and being bad guys. Right. The other thing that's the undercurrent for this whole thing that, like, I haven't been talking about is that I don't like turn-based tactics mm-hmm. in combat. So, like, when I played Fallout 1, it was like five years ago, I I tolerated that combat because I liked the theming so much. Um, And in this game, like, I just don't... I was really surprised. I was really surprised how much I didn't like the theming in this game, specifically because I couldn't identify with... Well, first of all, there's no protagonist. Sure. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, and that's, you're a Hydra. You I, are, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like the, it's like the protagonist of Might and Magic, where yeah. you're a guy with five different dicks, and one of your dicks has a shotgun, and one of them is a <laughs> wizard. I was talking like, to Gru about this, this very thing, and he was talking about how much he likes strategy games more than games with an avatar. Um, and then he talked about how at his current job, he doesn't write code. He facilitates yeah. his team producing. He's really struggling with that, too, I think. Well, he says he likes that aspect of it. Yeah, but... I, well, I don't know. I mean... And I was talking about... It's interesting. About, I mean, the game he's making is very much a game where you are a character. Yeah, and I didn't bring that up. The, That's interesting, too. The... To me... The party-based thing is more kind of emblematic of the Western RPG because not only is there not a prescribed character in a prescribed story, but there's not even really, like, a character. Like, there is, like, I remember things about the NPCs that you pick up in this game because they have personalities, but none of the player characters have personalities. And like, you could probably play a version of this where there was just one of them and it was you, Hmm. right? If you were playing it on easy and you only took one character in your starting party, that might've been a more interesting way for me to play it this time. And then you tried to actually like role play as that person, this game, for whatever reason, even like, and it didn't occur to me that maybe it was because you are controlling only you're controlling multiple characters instead of one. But like, I didn't approach this game ever the way that I did like fallout three, where it's like, you know, I'm going to be like riff and fill my room up with cans of beans, right? Like (laughs) this, this game does not afford you that. Right. And nothing about the world really provides an opportunity for expression, which I think is fine. I mean, it's just not that kind of game, you know, Nothing about The Legend of Zelda really provided an opportunity for right. expression, but that didn't mean it wasn't a cool world to go do cool shit in, like a cool world, like you could go fuck a cartoon Kim Basinger. Oh, man. Uh, if only. But, yeah, I mean, I guess if you don't... If you don't... I don't know that I do necessarily connect with it thematically. The The tactical stuff felt so much to me like a like a really expertly distilled version of it like in the XCOM remake right whereas Fallout felt clunky as shit to me like i i just found Fallout 
and Fallout 2 especially, like mm. just impossible to get into because the combat was so boring and mm-hmm. so like indistinct. Like, I feel like the graphical fidelity of like the new XCOM and of this where it's like, all right, here's just this square grid on the world. Like, there are nice 3D animations and whatever, but it kind of doesn't matter, right? Yeah, I I had a little... Actually, I had a lot of trouble, like, finding a compromise between, like, a camera distance where I could tell what was going on tactically and a camera distance where I could tell what was going on because everything was too small to yeah. see. Right. Um, I just played the entire game at all the way zoomed out. Okay, all the time. yeah. Like... Hmm. I... I feel like I could I could play this game and probably enjoy the environments and the the mini stories. I just remembered how much how bad the narrative voice is. The the not the characters. Oh but right, the, all the of writing, the, all it, of the just ancillary stuff. Yeah, that yeah. really feels like it was like a totally different team. It than really the does. People writing, like, and it's. The dialogue it, is, is all fine. The, all the little, all the little bits of stuff that you get, sort of in the environment. And I appreciate, and, and I like appreciate the, that you can click on all this shit in the environment and it tells you stuff about it. But what I don't appreciate is the just like gross jokes. <laughs> and like it's, and I remember like Doglord420 commenting on this when there was like the original video games hot dog forum thread about it. It was like. There's some like plant guy and the narrator says, you wish you could roll him up and smoke him. And <laughs> right? Doug Lord 420 says like, no, I fucking don't. And there's like, no, yeah, no, we're I'm, telling you how to feel I'm with this you there. Is, yeah. Like, I, I think I could play this game as long as I could be guaranteed that I never had to do any combat over again. So like, I'm going to look for like a, like an invincibility mode or some shit. Um, because I, I I feel like as soon as I as soon as I have a party wipe I'm just like done. Yeah, I don't. I think I played it on easy the first time, and so it was only towards the very end that I started even having individual party members yeah get almost killed yeah but and have probably, to actually engage you, with the like surgery system you've and stuff. probably like played and enjoyed games like this before and are probably a lot better at them than I do because of that. Mm, so I don't know about that. I'm reluctant to believe that I'm good at any video games, but... Well, uh, have you played games like this? Something that I really like about this game is just there's a bunch of boxes in the world, and they have stuff in them, and you (laughs) open them, and sometimes it requires, like, you to have made a particular choice about one of your guys to be able to open them. Sure. And, you know, sometimes there's something extra cool in one of them. Like... I really want to just make a video game that's about opening containers. I mean, really, a skeleton is just a container <laughs> that might contain a sweet sword and that like doesn't a, want you to open him. A skeleton I, of a sword swallower. I feel like there's got to be a, a, a joke clicker game that is just like opening video game chest. Chest opener. Yeah. yeah. Chest burster. Yeah. Well... I don't know how much value there is in doing this as a second week because I don't feel like anybody's actually going to play it. I mean, I, I will. I'll we want to not do an hours. assignment at all. Well, I mean, we just have, we have IndieCade, so we're going to be busy. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't I mean, know that. I'm, I plan to play more of it this weekend, but I don't know if I'll have anything new to say about it next week. Well, you might. I feel like there are still some systems that I have not engaged with, so. 
that's kind of, I'm kind of hoping, I, I was kind of hoping to get to a point where I'd seen some stuff, but not everything. And then be able to, to talk about the, the, the other systems in the second week. You seem so much more charmed by pillars of eternity than by this. Yeah. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like pillars of eternity. It was just a fantasy setting. So there's more sort of things to explore there. Like it, it was more consistent in tone. Like this is this sort of goes back and forth between being super serious and I just wanted to see that goat butt in the you know the ass <laughs> and I'm like okay what the, like the first thing that I don't remember that quest was is like pick up this can oh right and the guy and I say okay and so I do it and this goat headbutts you and the guy laughs at you he's like I just wanted to see a goat headbutt you I'm like okay yeah I didn't pick up the can because I was sick of being ordered around. um the the people didn't respond to the like i had picked up the that the first npc that you can bring with you angela death or whatever and do you get it it's angela yeah yeah. oh (laughs) and uh and the npcs that i would talk to would talk about her like she wasn't there, but she was the character that I was using to talk to them. <laughs> and I'm like, seriously? Yeah, I mean, I remember at one point you can ask like Vargas about her and he says, uh, she's standing right here. I don't know what you want me to say. It definitely it. was not the case with the three yeah. NPCs that were sitting by the goat. I wonder if she, as a character that would join you, wasn't a later addition to it because it'd be real easy to miss. And she is like, three times as powerful as anybody else that would be in your party when you first get her. She's super strong. She's great. She kills things real fast. Yeah. With her assault rifles. (sighs) Weapons jam all the time. I don't understand why the party doesn't reload their weapons after every fight. Yeah, you just get to where you kind of hammer on the reload button after... Fights. Seems, yeah, you're right. There, it seems dumb. It does not explain ambush, which is Super huge. Valuable. I did get yeah. a pop up about that eventually. Oh yeah, but not until I got to like that farm. Um, there is also a way for you to manually control the arc of fire of like shotguns and stuff, so that you can like make it so only enemies are in the oh, really? beam of your shotgun <laughs> but i don't remember what it is it's just like a it's like a muscle memory keyboard shortcut that i had hmm. the first time i played it and i didn't bother looking it up this time um something that i like about this game is that it is just unabashedly a pc role playing game and just allows itself to be what it is and like you know, you can type words into it's it's sort of like Do they ever respond to I think I have not found a single thing that they have responded to. I imagine that there is at least whatever the one thing was that caused them to like make the Trello card for that system. <laughs> right. Can, can you ask like, things before they come up in conversation or something, maybe? I don't know. It it really might be that they wanted to be like another game that did respond to that sort of thing, but then they realized that testers weren't finding the words, so they just highlight all the important words. 
it took me a while to figure out that a green word is a word that has more branches to it and a red word is oh, I didn't is know the that. terminus. Oh, I didn't understand yeah. that either. Um Yeah. That's really good to know. The conversation stuff is not really that great. But that's like that's what is kind of the central part of the game sort of. of yeah it's like there, i mean there's all these systems and exploration and combat and stuff like that but the like narrative is almost all delivered through conversations with people and i think the thing that's going to have to hook me is going to be the narrative and i'm kind of on the fence there i also like about this game that it's not really aspiring to anything you know, it doesn't mm. feel like a game with anything to say. It just feels like, yeah, here's some, here's some, you know, there's some monsters and you can shoot them with some machine guns. Right. No, it's, it's, it's explicitly a retro game and it, I don't know, things that those games had to say have been so ingrained in our culture that it's like saying nothing. I don't know. What do you think they, what do you think they did have to say when they were making Fallout 1? Though we're destroying the planet. War never changes. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, killing things is awesome. You know what's cool? Opening boxes and they have stuff in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes the boxes are locked and you have to be a cool guy to unlock them. <laughs> Sometimes the box is a toaster. Yeah. Oh, man. I Nobody had toaster repair when I found the toaster. It was a bummer. I, yeah. I specifically leveled a guy up and went back and... And give him a point in toaster repair to did, to open the toaster. Did, did you repair the toaster? I did. If you take um, what happened? I, I got some what spray paint. <laughs> the demolition. I opened so a toaster video and got a wizard staff. <laughs> That's even more video gaming. Yeah, it's it's like a different video game inside there. I don't remember what Joe Cherry Bomb is her name. She starts with some toaster repair. Okay. Yeah. Demolition. Ends up being really useful in combat because, like, like a stick of dynamite, dynamite. will kill a lot of monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, if they're close together, it's awesome. You just throw it, and it blows up, and then they all die. And a bunch of numbers pop up, and those numbers make numbers on your guys bigger. And then behind those guys is, like, a box you can open, and there's stuff in it. I, uh, I guess it's cool that each character gets experience differently based on their actions but it just means that everybody's leveling at different times which is oh do they really uh, i mean oh well, for individual like for lock picking well, and, and stuff, if yeah. you kill something in combat you that character gets some experience for it and then you get party experience mm. after the fight too hmm. so i never in my first playthrough really found that to be a problem it just I, like they're all leveling at different times that's fine you know, that sure. increases the frequency with which you get to, like, spend some skill points and make one of your dicks better at something. Sure. It's fine. You know, you don't want them all too messing at the same time. Ah, <laughs> 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 yeah, gross. Uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for the listener's mail segment that yes. we do literally every episode, how would they do that? They should go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and use the web form where you can submit questions and comments and things. 
And that's Got, it. That's you, did, that's the did, only thing you should ever we, do. Did we decide that we weren't doing an assignment? Well, I think we're, we're, it's still going to be Wasteland, Wasteland 2. We're just going to talk right, more about right. Wasteland 2 if we have anything to say about it. Yeah. Can do. And, Guys. And maybe we'll have a super secret special guest and it won't matter. If he's played we, Wasteland 2. Exactly. Yeah, maybe it won't. Maybe we will, and maybe it won't matter. We'll uh, guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 220 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I just cannot wait for episode number 221, and I hope we uh, I hope we record it in a week. And listeners, I hope you join us, and until you do, keep your nose on the air conditioner and keep waving to the thermostat. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. I can't wait till episode 222.